Hello and welcome to the Free Music Ed podcast. Today I have a special guest, Mr. Robert Douglas, who's here to tell us about a brand new Kickstarter campaign from the same group of people who brought us the Open Goldberg Variations, but this time they're tackling the Well-Tempered Clavier. How are you doing today, Robert? Hi, Stephen. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Hey, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and then let's find out about this new project. Sure. So uh, I'm a guy who has worn two hats in my lifetime doing two very separate careers, starting out being a French hornist in a, in a German orchestra. And at some point I became very interested in software programming and actually stopped being a hornist. And for the last decade, I've been working in software in specifically open source software which is a, a branch of the software industry where people really share the work that they've made together using licenses that give you the freedom to build on the work of other people freely and share the work that you're doing so that the collective good that you're building is greater than what you could do on your own and everybody benefits. In the meantime, I married a very wonderful and talented uh, pianist. She's actually the reason that I went to Germany, Kimiko Ishizaka, and was following her musical career and found a way using Kickstarter and uh, Kimiko Ishizaka and my connection to a, a software company called MuseScore to bring both of these careers that I'd had together in one passion project, which was called the Open Goldberg Variations, where we we set Bach free is, is what we called it. We uh, made a new recording of the Goldberg Variations and a new score, Variations in electronic format, which is, uh, I can explain to you later, an improvement over just a paper copy or a PDF copy. And we released those things that we built into the public domain for free for everybody to use in a sort of an open source spirit to make something where the, the goods that we created were bigger and more important than if uh, we had just, you know, kept them to ourselves. Yes, and we've covered the Open Goldberg Variations on this podcast before, and it's just an amazing project. You guys have both an, an app for like the iPad, you have it all online on the website, you can download it, you can order a printed edition, you can take and do all sorts of things with it. In fact, I'm going to insert a random audio clip of it at the end of this podcast, and I'm not even going to ask your permission because you've released it for free under the Creative Commons license. So... Can you help me define some of these words that we're going to be talking about? Like, can we start with public domain? Uh, why is it you don't have to pay anyone to take and make this edition of Bach? So the public domain is a really great concept, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you're starting with that because it lies at the heart of what the project about, is about. Something that's in the public domain is said to belong to everybody equally without restriction. Now, it actually comes from a concept of the commons. Imagine a whole bunch of people with uh, sheep and their houses are all arranged on a field. And one of the, one of the things that we've uh, grown up with is this sense of property ownership. And the reason that property ownership is good among other reasons is that if you have a lot of sheep, every house has a lot of sheep and they all graze in the same field, 
then everybody has the, the motivation, the incentive to let their sheep eat as much grass as possible, to get as fat as possible and make as much milk and wool as possible from the commons, from the public grounds. And it's kind of like a competition. And what will happen is they'll graze the commons down to mud and no sheep will have any more grass. So that's called the tragedy of the commons. So humans developed this idea of property ownership where you kind of divide up the sheep field into your part and my part. And you have to look out for your part to make sure that you don't graze it down into mud so that your sheep doesn't starve. And if you do, then you're the stupid one. Your sheep starves, you're out of luck. But the other people who manage their parts well, then their sheep, you know, thrive. And an interesting thing about our digital age is that there's absolutely no tragedy of the commons in a file sharing situation. So we made uh, a public domain version of these files for, for release to everybody. And guess what? No matter how many people take a copy of those files, those files still exist. The commons doesn't get reduced to a mud pit. No sheep starve, and everybody can enjoy the Goldberg variations who wants to. All right. So this new project that you have is about the well-tempered clavier. Can you tell me a little bit about this work, and uh, we'll talk about the new Kickstarter campaign. Sure. The well-tempered clavier is like the Mona Lisa of the music world. It's so iconic and so intriguing that you can literally learn almost everything there is to know about music by studying it. And if you were to trace the history of Western music through uh, Brahms and Mendelssohn, Beethoven, all the way through the Beatles and even Lady Gaga, then you can find the traces of the well-tempered clavier in there. And I have to, I have to thank David Reese uh, of Dave Conservatoire for that analogy because it's so good, but it's absolutely true. Uh, they, they call it the, uh, the Old Testament of Western music. It's so fundamentally important that this work exists. Um, for example, Chopin Preludes. Now, Chopin was uh, much later in time than Bach, you know, hundreds of years. But yet he studied the uh, preludes and the fugues that are in the well-tempered clavier very carefully, and you can hear the traces of that in his Chopin preludes. And you can also hear the traces of his study of Bach in the A minor fugue that he wrote, which is one of the best examples of uh, a composer studying Bach very clearly, uh, learning all there is to know about Bach, and then applying their own style to, to fugal writing. So Bach has this huge, profound influence. Uh, one of the reasons for that is that it's also very suitable music for uh, pedagogy. So almost every pianist ends up playing the C, the C major prelude uh, that the work starts with, although many of the subsequent works are then very much too difficult for that same student. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people get some uh, exposure to the well-tempered clavier from a very early age, and it's this, it's it just ranges in emotion and uh, in in from like very simple music, very easily beautiful music to complex and intriguing to sad to exciting, and uh, it actually has some music in it that uh, is so joyous. It's just pure joy to hear, and and that's very interesting to me uh, because really uh, a lot of composers use joy 
to make the crushing sadness that comes later in their music all the more profound. It's almost like a false joy, like we're happy now, but wait until the huge minor chord at the end and then your heart's going to crush. That's kind of a romantic take on joy. Whereas Bach is just able to express joy for joy's sake. It's, it's just so pure and so beautiful. So it's this huge work. It's very important to music. We can certainly see why it's a significant work, but can you explain to me what the well-tempered part means? Sure, and what the heck is a clavier, right? I mean, these are three words in the title that, to the modern ear, just make no sense unless you're deep into music history. So let's take it uh, in two parts. Well-tempered. So that has to do with the fact that whereas we have piano tuners who come and tune our pianos today, and... Uh, the pianos are basically all-purpose instruments that can play any music in any key. In Bach's day, you actually tuned your own instrument, which was usually a harpsichord or a clavichord, and you tuned it to be ideal for the pieces or the music that you were about to play in the key that you were going to play it, play them. So without getting too deep into it, let's just say that the tuning of a keyboard instrument is an exercise in compromise and that there's no perfect way to do it under any circumstance. Every adjustment that you make, whether you make a certain note more sharp or more flat, will make some things sound better and some things sound worse. And the well-tempered idea was, uh, it was a way of saying, if you do it with the certain compromises equally spread out across the keyboard so that everything sounds equally good and bad at the same time, then you can do this great thing of playing music in every key. So to demonstrate that, he then wrote 48 consecutive pieces in volume one, and then he actually went on and wrote a volume two with 48 more pieces, so 96 in total, where the schema is there are 12 keys on the keyboard, and for each one of those 12 keys, for the major variant and the minor variant, he'd write a prelude of, and a fugue. So that's 12 times two for major and minor, times two again for um, prelude and fugue. So 12 times two times two is 48. So it's Bach's way of saying, look at all this great freedom you can have on the keyboard in terms of moving through the keys if you just tune your clavier well. And that brings us to the second part of the title, what's a clavier? Well, that's actually the German word for piano. Now, clavier simply means piano. Uh, back in Bach's day, uh, where the modern, what we call forte piano was just in its early stages of invention, then it was a, gen a generic term for keyboard instrument. That makes a lot of sense whenever you put it like that. Now, what, what is it that you're trying to do with the well-tempered clavier exactly? Like you've got a Kickstarter going, you're trying to raise some money, and then what is it that is going to happen as a result of this? So two very specific things are going to happen. We're making, first of all, an electronic digital version of the score for the well-tempered clavier that plays well with computers. So it's not a photocopy of something else. It's not the equivalent of an image, which is uh, what most sheet music on the internet is these days. It's just a picture of music. It's the actual information of the music so that the computer knows that the, um, the piece is in C major and that it starts on a G and that it's in 4-4 time, etc. And the computer therefore can do things like play the music back to you or listen to you playing the music and follow along 
or uh, you can change the music, you can edit it. It's the, the analogy is the difference between a letter that I write on paper and a letter that I write in Microsoft Word or OpenOffice or in an email. I can go and I can edit those letters in the computer uh, later or copy and paste bits of them and reuse them. It's just much more valuable to me to have the electronic version than the, the note on my you know, piece of paper. So that's one goal. Another goal is to make uh, an open source recording of the Well-Tempered Clavier with pianist Kimiko Ishizaka in the best conditions possible, on the best instrument possible, in the best studio possible, and then to release everything that we make in that process out to the public. So that will include, of course, the final recording in completely high fidelity, lossless digital formats. It will also include the master tracks with all of the microphones so that if people want to remix it or study how the producer actually uh, used the microphones and listen to the different channels uh, separately, they can. Uh, it will also include uh, video of the sessions, photos of the sessions, and all of that that we're releasing will be released into the public domain uh, with zero copyright restrictions to encourage anybody who falls in love with this music to take it and share it with their friends and their family online or in person and turn somebody else into a fan of J.S. Bach. And hopefully we can make a lot of new fans for Bach. Are those all the things that you released with the Goldberg variations as well? Did you actually release videos of the studio recordings and things like that? Or is that something that's new with this project? So that element, along with the master uh, tracks for the recording, are new with this project. Uh, and that's just us getting better at what we're doing and finding new ways to bring more value to people. Um, another thing that's new with the Well-Tempered Clavier project is the size of the team and the composition of the team. So for the Goldberg project, um, I should give you a little bit of history about that. The Goldberg project consisted of MuseScore, which is an open source notation software. And the people behind that also run a company called MuseScore as well. Uh, they wanted to do a Kickstarter to um, put a work of Bach into the public domain uh, with no copyright restrictions using their software so that people could see what the software could do. And at the meantime, in the meantime, pianist Kimiko Ishizaka was practicing the Goldberg variations and looking for a chance to record them. And we brought those two ideas together to make the Kickstarter that had both components and put both of those works into the public domain. And we um, had an amazing success. So part of the success that we had were that people came to us and wanted to help out. The first person who came to us was a record producer from Montreal named Anne-Marie Sylvest, who's recorded hundreds of classical recordings uh, with some of the best labels. Just a spectacular talent for recording. She volunteered to be our producer and to do all the editing because she, was, she believed in the spirit of the project. And she really made an, an enormous contribution. And another uh, partner that we picked up was the Brusendorfer piano manufacturer from Vienna. They saw the initial video that we made and we started talking with them and they felt that it would be a crime if Kimiko Ishizaka loves Brusendorfer so much for her to record on some other instrument. So they sent their best instrument from their factory to Berlin for her to record on. And they're doing the same thing for the Well-Tempered Clavier Project. Then another partner that we got along the way was um, a publisher of dissertations and scholarly uh, writings. 
in Munich. They're called Grin. And they saw this as a, an interesting way to start publishing some music. So they decided to publish the Goldberg Variations. And that was a, an interesting surprise because it shows that there's a way that a publisher can take a public domain work and actually add value by putting it on nice paper and binding it and shipping it. And while that actually has physical cost and people have to pay that, they have, they have to buy that uh, copy and Grin makes a profit, the, the intellectual property of that is still in the public domain. So you could photocopy it or whatever you want. Um, the, the point is when there's a physical product involved, like a CD or a, a score, it's fine to have people pay for that. If they get it from uh, the internet, then they can download it for free. So in any case, we grew the size of the team by adding um, Anne-Marie and Busendorfer, Teldex Studio in Berlin, where we recorded Fantastic Studio, and um, of course, the Grin, Fairlock, the publisher. For the Well-Tempered Clavier project, the team's grown even bigger. And I'm really excited by um, some of the additions that we have. So for example, not only do we have a publisher for the printed music, we have a record label. Uh, and in a, in a follow-up question, you should ask me about finding the record label because that's a story unto itself. But I'm very happy to announce that Parma Recordings is going to be uh, producing and distributing the Well-Tempered Clavier recording throughout the world to shops everywhere, online, in every territory. So the CD that we produce, which again is a physical good and has cost, will be available in record stores. At the meantime, you can still take that CD home and make a copy of it and, and share the music. And it says so, and it encourages you to do that. Unlike almost every other CD that you would ever see in a record shop, some of which will actually try to cripple your computer to prevent you from doing exactly that same thing. So that's a great partner, and they've been really wonderful in supporting us and in, in helping us refine the ideas that we have. And they really like that we're challenging the uh, status quo and the dogma of the recording industry and that we're bringing people into the process of making new recordings instead of turning the customer into the enemy and you know trying to sue them if they share the music. And then finally, Another partner that we have is um, DaveConservatoire.org. So that's a website where um, a certain uh, guy named Dave Reese is teaching people how to understand music. He's teaching them music theory in very small bite-sized chunks, like how do you hear the difference between a high note and a low note? What's a major third, a minor third? What's a scale? What's the circle of fifths? And the great thing about Dave is that he actually started Dave Conservatoire in part because he was inspired by the Open Goldberg Variations Project and the idea of putting the material out there for free for the, for the greater good of music-loving mankind. And I didn't know that when I contacted him and I, I saw his website and I asked him to be a part of the project because I thought it would be really interesting for somebody to explain to people why the well-tempered clavier is great and what is a fugue and what's a prelude and what are the different styles involved and you know what's a the inversion of the fugue theme and you know retrograde fugues and all of these very detailed geeky music things that are fascinating and they're great when you're listening to it and you hear those things but people they need somebody to teach them that. So Dave's going to teach people about the well-tempered clavier using the recording and the score that we made. And 
that's a wonderful full circle to the first project because he was inspired by Open Goldberg to ex to actually make this website where uh, Dave Conservatoire and we'll post the link to that. Wow, yeah, that's that's a massive group of people. And what shocks me about this is your your Kickstarter, your goal is only thirty thousand dollars. Of course, there's significantly more cost in both time and energy and things going into this project. So how did you come up with that number? And I guess just for reference, the uh, the Goldberg variation uh, that requested fifteen thousand dollars. I think you got around twenty three. Is that correct? That's correct. So. All of us are doing this in part because we're just very passionate about the project. I, for example, completely donating all of my time because this is the most fun thing that I do in my life. <laughs> and uh, I'm just thrilled that I have this connection to music and that I'm bringing open source ideology and methodology to the music world. Um, and if you look through all of the, my, my goal with the project is that everybody's gonna benefit from it. Every single person, whether they're helping with the project directly or whether they're sponsoring us by pledging on the Kickstarter, I want everybody to come out ahead. I want everybody to be profitable at the end of the day. So for Kimiko Ishizaka, the pianist, that means more exposure, better publicity, uh, more concerts, good reviews, and the chance to record this seminal piece in the best conditions that you could have in the Teldec studio with the Busendorfer of her choice with a great record producer. For people like the Teldec studio and Anne-Marie Sylvester, I want them to get a little bit of payment from it. From For the record label, um, they're going to sell the CD. I hope that they make a lot of profit from that. Dave Reese is doing it because he's very passionate and it's going to give him uh, material for his website. And then all of the things that we could produce are going to benefit the Kickstarter backers. So it's really my goal that everybody involved benefits in some way. Now, the actual physical cost of the Kickstarter is, as you said, quite high. So we have to rent the Teldex studio. There are some costs involved with the Busendorfer, even though they're sending it to us. For example, it takes a very highly qualified piano technician to maintain it over the six days of the recording. So we have to pay for that. We have to pay for the CDs and scores that we're producing for people to, um, you know, to actually have. We have to fly Anne-Marie Sylvestre and ourselves to Berlin, where the studio is. And, and, you know, stay in a hotel and eat food while we're there. So as, as you can see, there are a number of physical costs that you just can't get around when making a top-level recording like this. So I did an interesting thing uh, about a year ago, and I actually hired an accountant and gave him all my little pieces of paper from the Goldberg Variations Project, and he added it up. And even though we took in around $23,000 um, from the Kickstarter, we, we, we actually ended up spending almost that much in making it the great project that it was. So we're totally happy with that. Uh, I say we because um, uh, Kimiko is my wife and therefore our finances are kind of joined at the hip. But uh, this time we want to not spend as much of our own money uh, because we just don't have it anymore. Uh, and we want to, um, we really want to make the best quality of a recording possible, so therefore we had to raise the limit. Our actual goal is more like $50,000. That's the point at which everybody uh, on the production side is really comfortable 
and they've got all the resource they need to do their job really well and nobody's having to work purely out of passion or invest their own money. But with 30,000, uh, I've done the budgeting very carefully, we'll definitely be able to do the whole project as described. So that's kind of the starting point, the minimal viable product, if you will. All right, so I've seen a few different Kickstarters and I know that one of the things that people really like is when you back a Kickstarter, you get some exclusive stuff. What do the people get who back your Kickstarter? Well, the most interesting thing that people get when they back our Kickstarter is that they get everything. <laughs> and actually, they get that whether they back it or not. So the, the digital downloads of the score and the recording of the Well-Tempered Clavier, everybody on Earth will have access to that. Even if you've never heard of the Kickstarter, even a hundred years from now, you can you can you can have access to that. If you um, if you back the project on Kickstarter, though, you get some really great stuff like the uh, double CD that we're releasing on Parma Recordings' Navona label of Kimiko Ishizaka playing the Well-Tempered Clavier, or you can get the printed score, for example. Um, we've also got some uh, great offers where you can get a USB stick that has all of these files, um, including the master uh, files from the recording session, some video from the recording session, photos and recordings from the 12 concert tour we're doing, all sent to you on a convenient uh, USB stick. Um, some of the, some of the um, levels come with high-quality scans of Kimiko Ishizaka's uh, notes and fingerings and phrasings and analysis of the preludes and the fugues because uh, she's studied these works for a, a decade now and has has very deeply gone into the structure of them and made a lot of decisions that craft her interpretation and that's probably really interesting for pianists and the, you don't ever see pianists opening up this type of material to the world, but Kimiko Oshizaka thinks that, that that's something that really belongs as part of the open source concept of this project. So there's that. Maybe my favorite reward for, for backers is that there's a reward where you can dedicate one of the preludes or the fugues. So remember, there are 48 of those altogether, and 48 lucky people will be able to come up with a dedication to somebody or something that they really care about, somebody they love or honor. And they can say something like, to my mother, who in her infinite wisdom taught me to love music at an early age, a love which I would like to pass on to my children and generations to come. So I just made that up, but that could be a dedication that will then be printed in the score at the bottom of the page on that prelude or fugue, it'll also be in the CD booklet uh, in the in the liner notes, and it'll be included in all of the digital transmissions of these files, as well as published on our websites. And essentially, this dedication, since all of these goods are going to go on to these large internet libraries of public domain goods, these dedications will last forever. They'll be there forever. As long as humans on the internet want to listen to music, these dedications will be there. So it's a way of doing something more or less permanent for somebody you love. There are, uh, at the higher levels then, um, 
you get the chance, for example, to take uh, Skype lessons uh, or give away a Skype lesson for Kimi with Kimiko Ishizaka. And at the highest level, you can even have uh, Kimiko Ishizaka come and play a private or public concert in your home or in your city and take a one-hour lesson in person with her. So hopefully uh, we have a little bit of something for everybody, depending on how passionate you are about the project and how able you are in your current situation to support us. And uh, as well as individuals, can organizations do that? Um, yes. So in any case, you can contact me and we'll work something out. But um, what's required to back on Kickstarter is, interestingly enough, uh, they take their payments through Amazon. So you, you have to have an Amazon account. So anybody with an Amazon account can pledge and back us. Uh, and if you don't have one already, then... Um, because of the inner workings of Kickstarter, then if you want to back us, you have to, or you can contact me and we'll work something out. Yes. Uh, so this this just, it doesn't seem like this could have ever happened before now. I mean, it certainly really wouldn't have happened 50 years ago just because of all the cost and distribution. And so, I mean, this is kind of a frontier. Now, uh, do you agree with that? Where do you, what's, what's next? So again, um, Dave Reese of Dave Conservatoire pointed this out quite correctly in the video that he made uh, expressing his support for the project. And he said that we live at a time in history where we have the chance because of this new digital paradigm and the internet and the we're, we're living at the time when we're building the public domain repositories of our cultural treasures. Later, it won't be as important to do that for, for people to do that because we will have done it for them. So this is the singular chance that we're lucky to have been born at the right time. So the chance falls to us to fill these libraries that are just forming now, the uh, IMSLP, Muse Open, Wikipedia, Wikicommons, archive.org, freemusicarchive.org. These are growing repositories of our cultural goods. It's up to us to put the important stuff in there now and then we'll move on to the phase of our existence where we build on top of that and use these goods for new and exciting things that nobody had ever imagined before. But we have to build these libraries first. So we live at this interesting singular singularity of internet and the need to uh, build these libraries. And you're right, it, it wouldn't have been possible 50 years ago. Uh, one of the, for example, one of the things that we do, we're doing uh, starting next week on Tuesday, if, in case your listeners uh, want to hear Kimiko Ishizaka playing some of this music, we're doing a, a worldwide tour of 12 different concerts in five different countries um, where Kimiko is going to play the well-tempered clavier. And at some of, this, some of these places, I'm going to give small lectures about the project. And every one of these 12 concerts is going to be live broadcast to the entire internet using Google Hangouts on Air. And that essentially means that anybody who's interested in watching or hearing can go to the web pages that we've set up and the video will appear right there at the right time and they can watch as it's happening and be part of it wherever we are. Anybody can be a part of it and be right there with us watching the Well-Tempered Clavier in its free version come into existence so to speak. And that's wholly dependent on the state of today's technologies. I certainly know that I'm interested, and I'm sure that a lot of the listeners are too. How do we 
uh, get to your Kickstarter? How do we get to this project uh, so that we can donate some money and help this thing happen? Well, we have a website, uh, which you're very welcome to visit because that also has the uh, open Goldberg Variations music on there. And you can check that out and see what we did last time in the last project. And we'll put the Kickstarter information there, probably the video that you can watch, etc. And that's opengoldbergvariations.org. If you want to go directly to the Kickstarter project, we have a, a short link for that. It's kck.st slash openwtc. So that's easy to remember because it's like kickstart, kck.st slash openwtc, like open well-tempered clavier. And you can also find that inside of the podcast description on our webpage. Uh, and you can find that on the iTunes description if you're listening on iTunes, in case you didn't get that all written down. Or you could Google for the coolest music project ever. I think that would probably get it. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Uh, or probably Bach to Bach, if you can find your copyright symbol on your keyboard. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I cannot thank you enough for being a guest on the podcast and for letting us uh, get this out here at the same time as your Kickstarter. I sure hope that it is. Yeah, I hope it's successful. I mean, I'm, I can't help but imagine that it will be. And so uh, we'll we'll keep our listeners updated and we'll keep on following you. So once again, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, uh, most importantly, everybody, keep practicing. And if you have an edition of something by Bach, I would practice that. That would be good. All right. Keep practicing, guys. Mm -hmm.